It's the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Phil Bliss, founder and Toronto host of Canada's Podcast. Today, we're going to do something a bit different. I'm going to introduce you to Mario, Mario Tanagusi. For those of you that are regular listeners and viewers, you'll know Mario is our Calgary host. Uh, Mario got COVID-19 just over two weeks ago, so he's got some great reflections. So, Mario, welcome to Canada's Podcast. Like, I need to say that. Fancy being on the other end of that, you know, we're usually interviewing entrepreneurs, uh, but you get to be the entrepreneur and you can, you've also, just so as everyone knows, just been experienced in firsthand COVID-19 and, and all of the issues. So, you know, over the last two weeks, you've, you've been experienced all kinds of things. I'd love to get some of those experiences out to people. But first of all, tell us a bit about yourself, how you became an entrepreneur. You know, just some background that, so people will know you better. Okay, quick story about myself. I uh, graduated from uh, Carleton University in 1979 with a journalism degree and uh, moved out west. Uh, I'm actually born and raised in Ottawa. Moved out west and uh, worked with Nelson, uh, uh, B.C., uh, the Nelson uh, Daily News. I was sports editor there from 1979 to 1980. And then 1980, I uh, made the, the journey up uh, north uh, to Calgary and uh, joined the Calgary Herald and uh, was there for 35 years. Basically covered everything, uh, everything from uh, sports to business to um, lifestyle, uh, to news, did a little stint on Parliament Hill covering covering poli- federal politics for a while there. Uh, so yeah, so there for, th- and, and in many different roles as a writer, a columnist, an editor, all that type of stuff. Four years ago, as part of the post-media purge across the country of all newspapers, I, uh, I was laid off and sent me in a different direction, <laughs> one that I was not expecting to go on. <laughs> yeah, that, you, you got that, oh, oh, I must be an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, right, because I, uh, I, I learned at that time, it's funny because I um, newspapers just – in my blood, right, and and, mm-hmm. and more so for ah, basically forty years, right. I grew up on the other side of media, but writer, you know, that a commentator, all that. This yeah, is and, uh, yeah, and that's all I thought, you know, I would ever do, right. But being laid off forced me to think, and you know, I have to. Uh, the the one good thing that happened out of that is uh, you know my company the Herald at that time gave me this transitional period right where I had access to different resources and I remember uh, going through a couple of sessions with an uh, an HR type person uh, who made me focus on what skills I had and that was the beginning uh, of changing the, the, the mind uh, of what I could do, right? And uh, no longer was I thinking that, oh, geez, all I can do is work for a daily newspaper, uh, right? Because those jobs are few and far between now. But it opened my eyes to focus on what are my skills? What are the resources I have? How can I use those skills in different ways? You know, we, we were talking just before this about the podcast featuring, you know, how entrepreneurs are responding to COVID-19, you had some really interesting perceptions on four years ago and today kind of thing, and, and that sort of maybe there were some similarities. 
maybe you can go through that. that yeah, way. I was kind of reflecting on that in the last couple of days about my personal experience and journey and what I learned and, and what businesses today can learn. And, uh, you know, to, to use an often uh, quoted cliche, I guess now it's everybody is quote unquote pivoting. Right. And uh, well, I shouldn't say everybody, the ones who can are the uh, businesses. So, so you're reading and, and seeing a lot of businesses that are, you know, say they're clothing companies and they're, they're making masks now. And, and some of them are selling them. Some of them are doing it as a charitable thing. You're seeing companies, many companies, especially in like the brewery and distilling area, making hand sanitizers, right? And, uh, and, and selling them. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of companies have gotten that concept that, you know, the go away from that tunnel vision of this is what we do, this is what we've always done, to look at, okay, what are our skills? What are our resources? You know, what can we do at this time to quote unquote pivot? And, and uh, I think the successful ones, and then, you know, the successful ones are going to be the ones that do that, but also kind of tweak what they do, whether that is a, I don't know, a, a restaurant that has lost its dine in sales, but now are going crazy, you know, uh, with uh, takeout and delivery services, that type of thing. That's what companies and businesses really need to do, kind of, as I said, like what I needed to do four years ago. It's interesting. I mean, you've been in, in quarantine for two weeks. More. <laughs> more, actually, yeah. But your output's been brilliant. I haven't been is able... That, is that normal for you? Or is that is that sort of you kind of being, being in a situation where you're forced to deal with things differently? Well, you know, the thing is, is with my situation, health-wise, I've been good. Uh, except for the first three days where I had... Yeah, you were pretty rough those first three or four days. Yeah, first three days were rough with fever and cough, et cetera, et cetera. Now I just have this cough. And then for people, I, I'm not sure when you're airing this, uh, Phil, but you know, t- today is Monday, April 14th, or 13th, sorry. <laughs> and uh, And so as of now, I still have it. I'm into more than three weeks being quarantined. I was... Uh, given a positive diagnosis on uh, March 27th. Uh, and so since that time, I've been under quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I'm not able basically to leave my room for two, for that period of time. So I got a lot of time on my hands, right? And, and uh, not being uh, physically unwell has, has given me an opportunity, okay, Put it to good use, do a lot of work. There's only so many of those old shows that I can watch, right? <laughs> I was watching the old Beverly Hillbillies, for example. <laughs> so there's only so many of those I can watch, right? And uh, so I, I, I tend to instead do a lot of work. <laughs> so you kind of hit on it a little bit, you know, but I mean, there's no question. I mean, you know, you're, you're very much a business reporter in, in, the, in the past. Uh, I know you've done other things, but you've done a lot of business stuff. And you know that the business is being devastated. I don't think people really realize it yet. I, don't, I, mean, I really don't think it's out of the bag just how, how bad it is. Is there a silver lining coming out of this? You know, that's a, that's a really, really interesting question. And I think uh, I'll go back 
uh, a few years ago um, when uh, we had the recession. And I remember uh, uh, a guy here in Calgary, he's a video videographer. He put up a website and I think it was called In It Together. He put up a website and he had comments from all sorts of different prominent businessmen in Calgary about going through a recession you know, the mayor as well, et cetera. And I, re I, I still remember to this day, there was a comment there, like a short video clip of a guy named uh, Jim Gray. For those out there that don't know who Jim Gray is, is a prominent uh, businessman in Calgary, one of the kind of mavericks and um, key iconic leaders in the oil patch, et cetera. Very well and philanthropist, very well-respected guy. And what he said was sometimes recessions are good things because they force companies to look at what they do and how they operate. In good times, companies spend money like crazy, right? No cares at all, right? Because, you know, money is flowing in like crazy, right? But he said in recessions, that makes them stop and think and look at their operations. And in some ways, I guess this is the same thing right now, right? Uh, for many companies, like, you know, is your business model you know, good. Is it viable? Uh, you know, uh, you know, what kind of, uh, soup? I'm not even going to pronounce that word, <laughs> but extra costs are there out there that you really don't need to, to do. Yeah, granted, you know what, it's going to be devastating. And I don't think, I don't think people have a handle, you know, mentally of how bad this is going to be for, for a lot of businesses. You, you see it coming out here and there, you know, closure, you know, permanently closed, et cetera, et cetera. But the longer this goes, you know, all those small mom and pop shops, et cetera, they just can't afford, they don't have the cash flow to continue on and they don't have the liquidity to continue on, right? And they're just going to say, so long. Yeah, what about all, the, all the, you know, the things that the government, feds and provincial, I mean, are they going to help, you think? Well, see, that's the thing, right? And what I hear all the time now from, from the business community, is they're not looking for loans, right? Because then that's another massive debt that they're going to have on their hands. That doesn't solve their problem, right? Uh, yeah, maybe it'll keep them afloat initially, but, you know, there, there just needs to be other things looked at. Well, you know, from their perspective, you know, in terms of taxes and, and all that stuff, right? You mentioned to BDC on for Canada's podcast, CFIB, and, 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 you know, from those conversations, is there any kind of perspectives you, you can pull from them? I think a lot of it, you know, as I said, like CFIB has been one of these organizations that have been very vocal and, and, and strong out there, and, and they're talking about this whole issue about a loan as opposed to something else, whether it's, I don't know, a grant, I don't know, uh, or, or uh, some uh, mitigating, you know, you know, property taxes and, uh, you know, some stuff like that and rents and, and stuff. Again, they're all, they're all, they all say the same thing. Anybody you talk to, it's A, the cash flow, um, whatever situation you're in, you got to find ways to get that cash flowing into your business to, to keep I mean, to keep you afloat, right, because of your expenses like rent and, and stuff like that. I think the biggest problem I see, and it's, it's not the first time, it's the fact is that, you know, if you attack wage earners, 
employed people and help them with salaries and EI, you're not really doing much for the people that own their own businesses, aren't in that position, and therefore get no benefit from that. I mean, there seems to be little or nothing that, uh, I mean, first of all, the $40,000 loan, I mean, I don't know about any, I don't know anyone that's been able to apply for it yet. We're waiting to do that on TD and it's just not, not there. We can't do it yet. So th those kind of things are, um, I mean, I, I don't mean to bitch, but you hit these walls, you hit these crises and nobody, I mean, nobody plans for, for these kind of things. Maybe that's what, what sort of we get coming out of it, that there is a pandemic process. Uh, you know, the last one was, I guess, you know, 1919 with the Spanish flu. That was yeah. a long time ago, but we don't seem to have learned very much in, the, in the, you know, in, in a century in terms of preparation for pandemics. Well, I guess there'd be a lot of lessons learned for, you know, for those businesses that stay afloat and, um, you know, reopen when, when this is all said and done. Mm -hmm. I guess there'll be some lessons here about how to prepare for the future, right? Uh, you know, uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, what if we have another uh, case like this happening or, or something similar, whether it's a, a deep recession or, or, or whatever? You know, you have to, again. You have to look at your business model and your costs, and your your liquidity, all that type of stuff, with the eye of looking forward and and preparing for for the worst. Right? I don't think anybody ever does. You know, even in personal you know lives, I don't think think people do. Right? I think you I mean you may the be the best. I'm sorry, I don't mean to to, to embarrass you or anything. Okay, <laughs> but you may be the best example in terms of working out of COVID-19, which is just to keep on working. Yeah. To keep on doing shit, you know, and to keep on doing stuff, to be creative, to do it maybe like you weren't doing it before, because I know you've been doing that. And I, and I think, you know, it's great. I, today, you're, you're, you're so much better than you were. So I think you have worked your way through it. And maybe that's, that, that's the silver lining out of it. We have to be like you, even though we fortunately don't all have it, We've got to work our way. It's still affecting us all, you know, and, and we've just got to work, put our head down, work hard, work creatively, and uh, and make it make it out on the other side. I mean, it sounds. You know what, Phil? I I I, I and I talk to a lot of businesses too, and and uh, you know, I said to I said to a couple of them uh, recently. I said, "This is not the time to turtle, right? To go in your shell." And like, even if your business is closed, right? Uh, when things start and reopen, et cetera, how is your business going to reopen in this environment, right? If you have been shut down for X number of months, nobody knows what's happening with your business. Nobody knows what you're doing, et cetera. So this is why I'm saying to people, this is not time to turtle. This is a time to tell people that, hey, we're still there hey, we're doing maybe something different or we're responding in this way, you know, uh, you know, say you're a, a food establishment. Do I respond? You know what? Yeah, you can't come in and dine in, but guess what? We've upped what we can do in terms of delivery and, and takeouts and all this stuff. That's what they have to do in terms of a, a marketing type thing is that they have to shout it out to people that, you know, we're not dead. You know, we're still here because... If they don't, 
they're going to be lost in the in the public mind going forward, right? Absolutely. He said, you know, damn it, we're not going to go under. We're going to come back. Yeah, exactly. And 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 also giving that positive message to people that, you know what, we're here. We're going to ride this out and we're going to come out of it and we're going to go strong going forward. I think that's about it, Mario. I don't want to kind of prolong the, but it, the thing, but it, it, you know, it's great. You've been, you've been to me an example of how, how to deal with the issue. I mean, being in the same room for, for two weeks must be kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nuts. I, 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 I handle it. people. It's almost like I've been on a on a spiritual retreat on my own, but in my own house type thing. I don't know. <laughs> all right, and you know, thank you. We've all learned from you. Your fellow hosts have learned from you, and uh, thanks for passing on some some of your thoughts. And everyone, thanks for thanks for listening to Canada's podcast. Hope he gave you uh, some ideas on how to make it out on the other side. Thanks, Phil.